I love troubleshooting server issues. Said no e-commerce entrepreneur ever. <laughs> and that's why I'm personally migrating my stores to Shopify. Since Shopify is a hosted service, I can worry about growing my business versus troubleshooting problems. Like a Magento problem I had that logged every single customer interaction and brought my site to a standstill. I wouldn't have wasted a day troubleshooting that on Shopify. And compared to other hosted carts, Shopify has the largest ecosystem of developers and apps and the best architected design framework. Officially retire as a system admin, Shopify.com. Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast, your headquarters for building a six figure plus e-commerce business. I'm your host, e-commerce entrepreneur and Jeff Bezos wannabe, Andrew Derry. Hey guys, it's Andrew here and welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today on the show, we're going to be tackling kind of a topic doesn't get discussed a lot. We're talking about insecurity and the problems entrepreneurs have a lot of times that they don't even talk about. Uh, with just personal insecurities, business insecurities, diving into those, discussing them, and, and talking about how to not let those prevent you from moving forward with your business. And joining me today, Mr. Drew Snocky, the most confident man I've ever met, which is why I invited him on here today to offset my therapy session we'll be having. Drew, welcome, buddy. It's good to be here. How are you doing? <laughs> how do you like that for expectations? Coming? Every week you have me on, you have a different <laughs> intro. So it always sort of catches me off guard. Oh. You work on those. I think you work on those. I, like, there's something you prepare ahead of time. Not usually. Usually a lot of times they flop, but usually they're, oh, they're, really? they're about, yeah, I, I turn on the mic to record it and I think, oh shoot, what am I going to say this time? So <laughs> and I'm listening and I'm like, where is he going with this? Where is, where is he going with this? How, how is he going to embarrass then, me today? Yeah. <laughs> so. And then I have to craft some witty response. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no time. But. So we're going to be getting into uh, what Drew and I were calling a therapy open poor heart session that hopefully won't be too embarrassing for us. Um, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But first, of course, want to do a first sale shout out. And this one's going out to Craig Stapley from com, And he writes in, he says, we just got our first sale after complete redesign of com. And to tell the truth, I was a bit nervous after changing the branding and design and messaging for this year. Santa's Red Letter is a completely seasonal product with only a two to three month sales window. And it really limits the amount of testing and refinement we can do because once you find out what works, your selling season is pretty much over. So thanks so much. And I believe Craig was uh, also wrote in a couple, maybe two, three months ago about Pop Rocket Store where he had his, his boy is launching an e-commerce store and they got their first business. So, so Craig, congratulations. The boys who I imagine are probably involved in this one as well. Congratulations. And really cool concept. If you want to write like a customized letter to somebody, either good or bad. So Drew, I can send you one that says you've just been a terrible person and you're getting nothing from Santa this year. They do a really cool job with like a wax seal and making it look all official from the North Pole. Awesome. Yeah, Santa's, it's a great looking site. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So, I wonder, he said he was concerned about rebranding it. I don't I wonder what it looked like before. I didn't see the old one, but it, it looks really sharp. I thought he was rebranding it and like, okay, we're going to get away from the whole Santa thing. Like, to, yeah. like Hanukkah, <laughs> like the, the Happy yeah. Holidays thing? <laughs> like, well, that wouldn't really work out too well. Yeah. But I'm glad you stuck with the Santa thing. Agreed. Or Santa Red Letter. So, Craig, yeah, good luck moving forward with it. All right, let's go ahead and dive into today's discussion on insecurities. So today we're talking about insecurities, like I mentioned at the top and sharing them, talking about them, getting them out in the public, and how to overcome them. And it's something that isn't talked about. It's, you know, I think one of the most important things to lead off with here is that 
even, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Bill Clinton. I don't care if you're Gandhi. Everybody has these insecurities. You know, and paradoxically, I think sometimes the most successful driven entrepreneurs maybe even have the most because it's what drives them. And of course, a little insecurity is good. A little nervousness is good to keep you on your toes and keep you performing well, but letting it paralyze you is not. So that's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. Drew, have you read the article that ESPN did on Michael Jordan, kind of like Michael Jordan at 50? Did you ever happen to read that? I did when you sent it to me. Yeah, just in preparation for this episode. I hadn't seen it before then. You prep for these? I had, wow, I figured it'd be like a 50 50, 50 50 bet. What did you think about that? Like Michael Jordan, the most, you know, arguably, unless there's some, some LeBron fanatics out there, almost unquestionably the greatest basketball player of all time. What did you take away from that article? That everybody has insecurities, right? Like, I mean, it's sort of, you know that, but I, I think until you read that article, you, you see how somebody in that kind of position, you think of these guys as, I mean, I grew up, Michael Jordan was like the superstar. He was, you know, he was what every kid wanted to be. And just to read about what he went through and what he thought, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, it talks about how, you know, Michael Jordan at 50 is, you know, still kind of just unsettled and, and has some, some doubts about his legacy. It, it talks about how he really just kind of longs for the days of the game. And, and it kind of talks about how like it is hall of fame induction speech. He pretty much just had a laundry list of all the people who doubted him over the years that he proved wrong. And, and it's, I mean, obviously he's an incredible athlete and, and I'm sure that was, you know, there's two sides to everybody, but it's just crazy to see someone who so almost in our, our minds unquestionably is just so revered that still there's those insecurities. And it's, I think that's, that's interesting. So one thing I wanted to why he came back so many times, right? I mean, so I think he just couldn't let go. Do you think it's, it's something that happens to everybody when they sort of quit, you know, or when they, they hang it up? Like, I, is this something that all superstars go through? I, I don't. I think some people can manage it better than others, but um, maybe it requires a certain level of like self-knowledge before you get to that point. I think it depends how much of your identity you wrap up in whatever you're doing, right? Yeah. Like if business I mean, is... You look at, I, I read that article and I thought of Joe Montana, you know, the guy who was like the best football player that everybody wanted to be when I was a kid. And, and when he hung it up, he just kind of like went out to... Where is he? Is he in Montana? He went out west somewhere. And, um, you know, we haven't really heard from him again. And he's just been very happy on his ranch. Yeah. I think there's definitely people who can do it. But I think, yeah, it comes back down to how much of your identity and self-worth you'd wrap up into what it is that you're well known for and, and that you do yep. most of the time. So that's, yep. which is tough. And I know entrepreneurs, I know myself, like I, I think that's one of the struggles too. Like there was a, a thread in the form that we were talking about, about how, you know, customers, how do you deal with customers that really accuse you of being incompetent and, and doing a, a bad job? Even when you've done a really good job, they're just unreasonable. And one of the reasons I think it's so hard for entrepreneurs to deal with those type of customers is because they can't look at it as an objective. Oh, hey, we had a shortcoming here. They look at it as a personal attack on them because they're so invested in their business. Their business is a reflection yeah. of their character and their, their competence. And it's, I think it's tough because I think to be a good entrepreneur, you need to have a lot of buy-in, but you also, that also can be, if you don't manage that, carefully. It can be really destructive if you're not careful. Yeah. You don't sleep at night. You bring things home with you. It's just not a good situation. And something that I've seen since I've sort of gone a little bit over to the investing side, when the, these finance guys and these funds buy companies, they're very dispassionate. You know, they can go in and they can say, okay, this company has a real customer service problem. You know, we've got to get some people in place to solve that. And that's sort of the way you want to attack it. You want to attack it like it's a process. 
But if I were the entrepreneur running that company, like that's something I never could leave at the office. If we got a, an angry email from a customer, no matter how crazy they were, I always brought it, I, you know, it got under my skin. So yeah, a hundred percent hear you. It's, it's hard to distance that it distance your business from your personal self. One thing I'd love to do, Drew, is kind of share some of our own insecurities, which, and we're not doing this to be, uh, to have a therapy session at, at the expense of everyone listening, but really just like to be honest about this kind of stuff, because I think everyone goes through it. So maybe I'll, I'll kick off a couple here and get things going. I mean, personally, a lot of things, like one an example, I've got a decent number of insecurities and things I question myself on with business. Like we did the ECF, the e-commerce fuel live event this summer. And going into that, like, you know, I was the one running it along with Laura and emceeing it and, you know, kind of did it and, and pulled the trigger on it. But as you get there, you're just like, I was thinking, what, what gives me the right to throw this conference? Like how many people as I'm up there emceeing this are going to be like, oh, you know, this guy's, I mean, okay, conference, but like, who does this guy think he is doing this? And other things with insecurities are, you know, like I drop ship everything and I've got, you know, I look at my business versus some of the guys that there's so many people like in the form that have amazing manufacturing businesses or stocking businesses. And sometimes I wonder like, is my business actually legitimate because I drop ship? Like I don't feel a lot of times up to snuff with some of these other guys that are manufacturing products or, or have their own proprietary products. And, and even sometimes like when I meet up with, you know, other successful entrepreneurs or other people that are, are really well known for stuff, like Often when you get you sit down and you start talking to them, it gets comfortable. There's always that anticipation going in. Like, are these people going to think I'm legit? Like, do they really think I know what I'm talking about? Or are they going to be like, who is this guy? Like, he really doesn't know what he's talking about. I, I don't know. I think I definitely have that imposter syndrome a lot of times. And it's, you know, something that uh, I have to, you know, not let paralyze me. <laughs> so, yeah, but you, I mean, at the end of the day, you still go ahead with the forums. You still went ahead with your event in Austin. And I think that's, that's probably the key to growth, right? You, that you can feel that fear and then go ahead and do it anyway. I think so. Yeah, it's... it's and kind of press through and grow. I, that's... Drew, you're kind of... You're ruining the ending here for us. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, but I, you're, well, I let's think... Let's go deeper onto each of those then. Yeah, let's, let's sit here and let's do a 20-minute session for Just getting on stage, being in front of people as an authority, you always wonder, are people going to actually... When, when you say you're an authority, you're trying to create some image or create some idea in people's heads that you are an expert at something and you're just always afraid on some level that people will see right through that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. And you mentioned one too, before we got on or maybe in an email or something about wondering if you can replicate your past success. Yeah, that, that's probably the biggest one. And, um, it ties into a lot of other things. And, you know, we talked about getting personal on this episode. So I'm going I want to get personal. I think it's, <laughs> you know, I sold my company and it, it was great, a great experience and a good exit. But on one hand, I feel like I can't retire. I got to work again. So I'm wondering like, okay, so I got to do better than I did last time or at least match it. But will I be able to? I don't, I, that, that's just a big insecurity of mine is like, okay, was that it? You know, was that, was that as good as it, it's going to be for me? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think if you had told me when I sold my company that I wouldn't have started and maybe even sold another one in two years after, I would have sort of laughed. I was like, okay, no, I get this. I get e-commerce. I get this stuff. I know how to do it now. And yet two years later, all I'm doing is hosting podcasts, you know? Well, th I mean, that's not all you're doing. That's all you <laughs> think you're doing. Joke. But yeah. That was a joke. Right, that's right. not all I'm doing. That, that was a joke. But 
and you didn't bite on it. You're just silent. <laughs> well, it's yeah, one of those jokes like where you're like, shoot, man, if I laugh at this and he's serious, I'm going to come across as the world's biggest jerk. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a joke. I, I've done stuff. I mean, I, and, and they're in defense of myself. You know, I got married. I had a kid and like my appetite for risk changed. A whole bunch of stuff changed that put me on a different course. But I'm consulting. I like it. It's good. It's good for cash flow. Like I feel like I'm adding value, but you know, I, I miss building something and I'm wondering like, is this, if I look back on my life, you know, in, in another 40 years was, were the de- design public years, like the years that I peaked, you know, when I actually built something. So that's a big insecurity and, and it actually taps into something much deeper with myself and my relationship with my, my father and sort of, he was a struggling entrepreneur. He never totally made it. I mean, he never totally failed either, but I, I kind of lived with that. You know, that he's the consummate entrepreneur who would always come home like just really excited about the future and excited about this new idea. And the next idea was going to be the biggest idea and it was going to be bigger than anything. And we were going to be set for life and all this other stuff. And, you know, I I'm like that. I see that in myself. And it was the worst when those things wouldn't come to fruition. You know, I saw the toll it took on, you know, on his relationship with my mom and us. And it's like, I deep, deep, deep at my core, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I want to actually succeed. You know, if if I put a vision out there, I want to achieve it and not go through life always just getting excited about the next thing. And so I think I look at my experience since I sold my company, I'm just like, okay, you know, I got to get back there again. And I got to do it in a way that that makes me kind of excited. So that's probably my biggest insecurity. Man, it's awesome that you're, you're willing to to be open about like that. And I think it's tough with, with when you peak, because if going back to the Michael Jordan thing, I mean, it's sometimes, I mean, business success is tied into a lot of different things, right? Like obviously it's tied very closely to work, but there's a lot of things that are very situational, you know, in terms of what market you're in. And like when I started, for example, I picked, happened to pick a, a niche that ended up working and plugged away at it for a couple of years, but I could have just as easily, just as easily picked an inch that didn't work out and yep. struggled. And, and like looking yep. back thinking, Hey, would I have been uh, resilient enough to, to say, Hey, I'm going to take another shot at it. Even though I totally failed the first time when most people mm-hmm. thought it was a crazy move, I'd like to think I would, but maybe I wouldn't, you know? And so I think much easier said than done, but I think if, if you can look at each success and opportunity independently and not not have to judge the rest of your life and career based on that one highest point aspire to become better than that in the future but not just kill yourself if you don't i think you know it, it's again easier said than done but it's something that can can definitely help so um, yeah I, th- I think for me the key has been awareness like i i'm aware i have this insecurity so i know it exists i can sort of put it in a compartment and put it in the side of the room or something and just say like, all right, that's what this feeling is coming from. It's coming from that insecurity. And then I can rationalize and I can say, just like you just said, you know, maybe it was luck. Maybe, you know, I can, I'm still young. I can replicate my past. You know, I could talk myself out of it, but it's good to just have that awareness of what your insecurities are in the first place so that they can be sort of things that help you grow instead of things that hold you back. And maybe that's a good segue into how we manage these insecurities and, and use them as entrepreneurial levers, right? Yeah, Drew's like, I'm tired of opening up to everybody. Let's, let's, let's get beyond <laughs> this point before I, before I tell everyone my, my bank account passwords and everything. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a perfect segue. And I think you hit it right on the head. You know, it's, you said at the top, the lack of insecurity isn't what makes people 
successful, it's moving past that. There's that old quote, you know, that if you're not doing something that's uncomfortable, you're not growing. Like going back to the e-commerce fuel event that we threw, it had definitely some, some, some hesitations about and some insecurities about from the outset. That was highly uncomfortable to do. Like really uncomfortable. You have no idea if it's going to flop. You have no idea if people are going to go in and it's going to be a terrible time and it's, it's going to kind of reflect poorly in a grassroots way on your brand. But on, coming out the other side, like you face those things, you do it. And now it's not nearly as scary looking at another conference down the road. So, you know, so, so I think some of the things, I've got a list of five things that I think can really help you move forward despite insecurity. The first one is, and I really like this one, is to commit publicly to things to other people that you want to do, but you're a little bit insecure about and to try to try to commit to them without thinking about them too much. You got to be a little careful here. You don't want to be reckless, but like with the conference, for example, I knew we wanted to do it. I knew it was something that made me really anxious and had some insecurities about, but you know, two and a half months out, I just announced publicly in the forum, Hey, we're doing this. And then all of a sudden I'm on the hook. I have to do it. Yeah. So do you, do you that, use that at all, Drew? Yeah, that really works. Second thing is outline the worst things that can happen. I mean, sometimes when you write down on paper like what the worst thing that can happen is, whether it's a big meeting, whether it's a conference, whether it's a business, that helps so much with just being like, yeah, this is scary, but man, if this happens, it would it would be disappointing, but it's not going to be the end of the world. And then right below it, put like 20% or 10% or probably the very unlikely chance it's actually going to happen and that can help a ton. A third one is add an element of confidence. So, you know, this is kind of ties into a couple different things, but if there's a part of something that you're really good at, maybe you're fantastic at basketball or you're really good at, you know, whatever it is, if you can, if you can tie in something you're really good at along with something that you're a little scared of, that can really help bridge, you know, the gap uh, and those insecurities when you're going to do that. Do you ever do that, Drew? I've kind of, I'm thinking like one of my goals is I'd love to be able to have a, a business conference in the future that's like online entrepreneurs and basketball players. And like, I love, I'm not that great at basketball, but I really enjoy it and it's a way I can connect with people. So yeah, and it empowers you. And when you talk about something you're, you're passionate about, like you're in your, your own self, you know, you, I think you come across as much more confident and I think I'm a funny writer. I, I you know, and I'm kind of comfortable talking into a microphone, maybe not, you know, up on stage in front of a couple thousand people, but let's go with that, you know, and just talk about things you're more comfortable with. And that really helped me get out of that or get past that obstacle and get over that hurdle. Yeah. Like I loved, I don't know if this applies, but like the shot of you on, on your training course, you've got a picture of you and Jack, your son. And I don't know if that was intentional, but that, I mean, that's you. It's very naturally, it it seems like it's, it's very genuine and it, it builds credibility and it looks like you are not probably the guy who's going to get up on stage in like a four piece suit and sell for like 60 minutes, but you are the guy who, you know, loves hanging out with Jack and loves running internet business and that, and that, I don't know if that made it easier for you, but I thought it was oh, cool. Yeah, no, it did. You know, and I've just spent all this time reading about how to launch information products and you just start, you just start modeling things that at the end of the day, aren't really you. Yes. But the language they use and maybe how they come across and it may very well work to sell a product to a certain kind of buyer. But if it's not you, you're not going to have that integrity. And I think people see right through that. So that's a very good hack to deal with insecurity is to really like try to find something within yourself that you can apply, that you're good at, that you're confident at, and and you can bring to this new arena. Yeah. No, I'm going to add another one here I didn't have on here, but was just be genuine in what you're doing. Like I mentioned the example with you and Jack on your website. For me, like I'll, I'll use the e-commerce fuel conference again. We went there in the first day, 
like I had, I wasn't crazy dressed up, but I had like a button down shirt, you know, nice shoes. And I never wear that ever. I mean, <laughs> I wear that maybe twice a year and I wore it to the conference. I figured, hey, I'm seeing this conference, probably want to look quasi-professional for the first day. But I just, it wasn't me and I felt uncomfortable in it. And by the end of the conference, I had totally stripped down to like casual shoes, naked. naked. I was running around <laughs> naked in a, in a, you know, in boxers and they kicked me out of the hotel. But a t-shirt and it's just, you know, next year at the conference, I'll kick it off that way. Forget the, uh, I mean, that's the reason I built this business, right? So I don't have to dress up all the time. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you try to be fake, it, it makes your insecurities even more, I think, you know, more of a problem. Right. Another one, number four is, is do things that make you feel uncomfortable or uneasy more often, like address those insecurities. Like the more you do these things that scare you, it does get easier. And I think you find that the more and more you challenge yourself, it just gets so much easier to push the boundary next time because you've done it in the past and the world hasn't ended. Yep. Yep. That one works really well. But I also found that if you don't keep doing it, you regress. Like I've done a lot of really cool, interesting, challenging things in my life. And yet if I let it go too long without pushing my boundaries again, I definitely regress. Mm -hmm. And then I need a little bit more, you know, at one point I was doing public speaking in front of a lot of people in the Navy, like hundreds and hundreds of people. It came very naturally because I did it every day. And now I'm thinking about talking in front of a small group and it's like, all right, I'm a little bit nervous about that. So mm -hmm. it's just because I haven't done it in a long time. So I, I think you, every day, if you got to find those situations where you can push your boundaries a little bit. And I think the last one is understanding kind of conceptually that not putting yourself out there, not facing those insecurities and not facing those situations that are potentially risky is actually in the long run much riskier than playing it safe because you're not increasing your skills, you're not pushing your abilities. And like you mentioned, you're going to probably have some atrophy of what you can do and not reach your potential. So it's much easier in the short run, but much, much riskier in the long run not not to do things that are that are making you feel really scared and inadequate to me, to me, Frank. Yeah. And I would add that a good thing to do, you know, what I've found to be very useful is to have a personal coach, but it could take the form of a very good friend who knows you really well, or maybe your spouse, but somebody who can draw your insecurities to your attention, because I think often they're in your blind spot, you know? So if somebody can sort of help you become more aware of them, it's a really good way to overcome them. Yeah. Great tip. I didn't even think of that. So in closing, a couple of things I want to mention not to do. These are tactics that, you know, if you're feeling insecure, <laughs> bridge out ahead. Don't use these. First one, don't try to overcompensate by listing your accomplishments, you know, ad nauseum. It's, one, it's annoying. And two, it just makes you look really, <laughs> really insecure. You know, like let your accomplishments speak for yourself. And I think everyone's guilty of this to some extent, myself included. But and then the second one, don't put other people down. It goes without saying, but you know, trying to put other people down to make yourself look look bigger just makes you look insecure and like a jerk. So, yep, yeah. Any other any other taboo things for addressing insecurities, there, Drew? Uh, I think you hit the two big ones. Drew, sure. this has been really fun. Thanks, thanks so much for opening up. I love it. Well, Drew, I'm gonna after we had this little, uh, you know, therapy session. I'm off to eat about a half gallon of ice cream and recover. Yeah. It's been awesome. Thanks so much for for, for talking. That's going to do it for this week. But if you're interested in launching your own e-commerce store, download my free 55-page ebook on niche selection and getting started. And if you're a bit more experienced, look into the e-commerce fuel private forum. It's a vetted community for store owners with at least 4,000 in monthly sales or industry professionals with at least a year or more experience in the e-commerce space. 
You can learn more about both the ebook and the form at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again next Friday.